Life is hectic, so wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with Factor's chef-crafted and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 options a week, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more, they've got a variety that fits your lifestyle. Factor has restaurant-quality meals ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. They also have various easy options for the entire day, from breakfast to midday bites, smoothies, and more. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is a nutritious and delicious experience, and it won't break the bank. You can customize your meals by choosing 6 to 18 per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule deliveries anytime to fit your schedule. Factor meals are 100% hassle-free, giving you more time for what matters. Head to factormeals.com slash otherside50 and use the code otherside50 to get 50% off. That's code otherside50 at factormeals.com for 50% off your delicious, hassle-free meals. My name is Sharon Sananda Kumara, and I've actually had two NDEs, one at the age of nine when I was a little girl, and another in 2001. At the age of nine, what happened was I was being horribly abused by a distant family member, not an immediate, but a distant family member who would come and visit the house. My sister and I lived with our grandparents at the time because our parents were divorced and they were going through a lot of things in their lives. And so after our grandfather died, our grandmother pretty much raised us until the age of 13 for me and until our early teen years. And then we went to live with uh, our parents in different situations. But in this one instance, I was out in our grape orchard looking for rocks. I used to hunt agates when I was a kid and I was always a rock hound. And so I was looking for rocks in a grape orchard behind the house. And he found me there and I was trying to get away from him. And he ended up hurting me and hitting me. He made a, made sure that he would hurt me in my body where there weren't any marks on my face or, or anything like that. And he did tell me if I told anyone that that he would kill me. So I, at that age, when it was going on for a couple of years, I didn't, um, I didn't tell anyone. So at that point, when he hit me underneath my ribs, I felt this intense pain and I immediately shot out of my head, out of my body. And at that moment, I felt this huge peace because I was out of my body. I um, didn't feel the pain anymore. It was just this immense peace. And I recognized that this is what had happened, that I had died, left my body. Um, And so I'm floating there in this space and it wasn't the light. I didn't understand it after I, after I remembered the experience because it was darkness, but not darkness. It wasn't dark. Like we understand dark. It was more heard people describe it as the void. So I was in this space called has been described as the void of not actually seeing anything, but being a part, I knew I was a part of everything. I could still be me and I'm floating in this space, but I was a part of everything. 
anything that was ever or could be, I was a part of that. And it's difficult to describe because I felt so comforted and so supported and didn't lack for anything. So I I floated there for a little while in this space. I I can't say time-wise how long I was there, but uh, it, it could have been a minute. It could have been a year, 10 years. I don't know. But in my memory of it, after I came back and remembered everything that, or remembered what I remembered, that um, it didn't seem very long. And then I was met by a being who I recognized as Jesus. And he comes to me and I'm, I'm not floating anymore. I'm on some type of a solid ground. I don't see anything around me. I just know that I'm perched or floating on something solid. Uh, it's, I, I'm just there with him and he's kneeling down in front of me and I recognize him right away. And I was, um, I was raised Catholic, but I was not uh, religious or anything like that. And so I recognized him as Jesus. And he tells me, you've suffered enough, my child. You call me my child. Um, You don't have to go back. You can come with me. And at that point, I, I told him, but I'm not finished what I need to do. I had this awareness uh, that I had a, a job to do. And I knew that I needed to uh, go back into this dense reality in order to finish that job, finish the, my mission, finish what I was, what I came here to do. And I didn't have a huge awareness of it after when I came back, I didn't have any memory of it. I remembered it later after my second near-death experience. However, at that age, when I went to the higher planes and was met by him, I did have a consciousness of what my mission was. I didn't want to have to start over. And that's what I intuited because we were intuiting telepathically, speaking telepathically. I intuited to him telepathically and said to him, but I don't want to have to start over. And he said, are you sure? I said, yes, please. So I ended up, it, it immediately was back in my body. And I don't have memory of what happened after that. Although I do know that the abuse that was happening stopped after that. I do have memory of that, that it didn't happen anymore. This person stopped coming around. Things got in the way of us being together, alone together. Um, So, and then I went through my life. And in 2001, I was... And lived in San Antonio, Texas, and the first was in Oregon. The first NDE was in Oregon, where I was re- raised, and I had uh, I was going intertubing down the Guadalupe River in New Braunfels, Texas, with some girlfriends for a girlfriend's birthday, and we had a really good time. We went tubing down the river. Um, it was the end of the day, and we were uh, all um, ready to get back on the shuttle bus because we used an outfitter to take us to the river and pick us back up to take us back to our cars. Um, So the bus that picked us up was one of those little school buses that holds about 13, I think. I think it's 13, around 15 or something like that. And the bus was pulling a trailer that carried our inner tubes and our ice chests. 
one of those uh, small trailers. And so we got on, I was the first one of my group. There was six, five or six of us. And I was the first one to get on the bus. And I saw that the bus was full. Everyone, all the seats were full. And I turned around, I started to turn around to get off. And they were saying, no, come on, come on. You can stand in the aisle, the people in the back. So I thought, well, it's not that long of a trip, just a couple miles, maybe three. So I got back on, kept going and went to the back of the bus. And my friends came on. And then as the driver is driving down the road and he's switching gears, it's a manual and he's switching gears. And so we're kind of jerking back and forth. I'm thrown up against the back door. The door pops open and I fall out of the back door. I land on my back on the trailer hitch. I bounce off of that and uh, on my back again, and then bounce onto the pavement. It was in the nineties. It was pretty hot. And I bounce. Uh, again onto my side and at that point I realized that I had this knowing that the trailer was going to run over me and I screamed in my head stop you're going you're killing me and at that point the trailer one of the wheels of the trailer ran over my head and that's when I popped out of my body through my head again and I knew once more that I had died And I was looking at what was happening. I was floating above my body. And I I could see that my body was in the in the in the road. And I could see these cars coming and that the bus with the trailer is still moving. So he doesn't know that I'd fallen out yet. My friends told me later they were screaming at him to stop. And he finally did stop. And so I'm laying in the road and I see this traffic coming. I see a big bus coming. I'm thinking, oh gosh, I hope that bus doesn't run over my body because that would make a real big mess. Again, I feel this peace and I feel, um, I don't feel any pain or anything like that. And I'm thinking also that we had such a good day. It would be really bad thing. It would ruin my friend's day that here I go and die on them. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking, oh gosh, here I go and die on them. We had such a good day and now they're going to have to deal with me dying. That was the thoughts that were going through my head. I didn't have an attachment to my body or to um, what was going on there. I was watching it like watching a movie and I was thinking about the people I was leaving behind. I was thought about my boyfriend at the time. I thought, oh, he'll be sad for a while, but he'll get over it. He'll be fine. I was thinking about my sister at the time and her and her family. She has a family. I was thinking she has her family. So she'll be sad for a while, but she'll be fine. And then I thought about my mom who was still there. My stepfather had passed um, three years earlier, who I really missed. And I thought about my mom and I thought, because I kind of took care of my mom. We were very close. I lived very close to her. And as soon as I thought about my mom, I felt the presence behind me and it was my stepdad. And I turned around and it was my stepdad. And he's telling me telepathically that I need to um, go back, that I can't stay. He was saying, I can't stay. And I didn't want to go back. (laughs) This time I didn't want to go back. (laughs) I lived quite a few years. I'm like, I'm done kind of thing. And this is when I was... I was a partier, you know, I wasn't religious or anything like that. And I didn't have, I mean, I always knew there was a higher power and, and I always try to live by the golden rule and things like that. But I, I didn't have that connection to anything that was a tangible spiritual connection. 
And when he's communicating with me, I see this portal open up. It's light, but it's not, it's not super bright. It's just this portal. And I see these white light and I see these uh, beings that are in the portal and I recognize them and I'm, I'm seeing it's difficult to explain, but it's not like seeing, seeing, but I, I sense them and I see them at the same time. On one side is my maternal family and ancestors. On the other side is my paternal uh, family and ancestors. And I recognize some that are more in the front that I knew on, on, on the planet that I knew here in this life, like my grandparents. I knew the others that were there. I wouldn't have recognized them here. Their face was kind of deadpan. They weren't welcoming me. They were kind of deadpan. And I got the feeling that they weren't there to welcome me home. And then before I was able to move further down the tunnel, I see this big, bright light portal like the sun. Beautiful, golden, white sunlight. It's a portal. But it it didn't hurt my eyes. It was just so bright. And I see a being walking out of this portal. This was a portal of light and it's so bright and it's huge. And I recognized as he gets, as he gets closer, I recognized him as Jesus again. And, and, and I, this time, and this time I flew to him because I really, really missed him, even though I didn't um, have that tangible or conscious connection with him i knew that he was there still with me every step of the way in my life and it was wasn't an easy life but um, he was there with me i knew that as soon as i saw him and recognized him i knew that that he had always been there with me and he's intuiting to me and helping me understand that i need to go back that my um I've come so far that my uh, job is not done. My mission is not done. My, what I've uh, set out to do is not finished yet. And this was in 2001. And I told him I didn't want to, <laughs> that I wanted to stay with him. So it was quite different. He's laughing. What I remember it so much is his laughter. It, it was like a bomb to me. His presence was like a bomb to me. It was, And as he's holding me, I can feel this this merging of our energies and I'm a part of him and I'm also separate. If that makes any sense, I realize that I am sharing. I'm still have that awareness, but I'm also a part of him. I feel his intense compassion and love for me and anything that I may have been worried about or, you know, felt bad about or anything like that is, totally gone. And the only thing that I can think of is his, that I am experiencing. It's more than thinking, it's experiencing being at one with his love, his light. It's all that exists. (laughs) That's all that exists. And so uh, as we're communicating, he asked me if I'd uh, like to go on a journey, if he'd like to go on a journey with him. And of course, yes. And so as we're, we're <laughs> communicating there and speaking and communicating uh, telepathically, he takes my hand and I take his hand for me to take his hand. And I, I put my hand in his. Immediately, we are moving through the cosmos. 
Now, when I was with him earlier, there, I didn't notice anything around us, anything at all. We're moving through the cosmos. I feel like we're moving because things are, <laughs> the stars are going past us so quickly and there's darkness and stars. So I know that we're moving through the cosmos or it's moving through us. It's hard to describe. And then we stop the floating above a planet that I recognize as a water planet. I immediately recognize this planet as um, a planet that I have an expression on. I live on in another frequency as a water being. I have a, a Mer family there. And this is where I am happiest in my expressions, my um, physical expressions, the physical life. And so as we're floating there, I have the intuition and memory and remembrance that I can move my focus to being the actual planet, uh, to be in awareness of the planet that holds everything on the planet. And I felt so much immense love for all the beings on the planet, so much love and compassion for every being on my body as the planet. And then I can move my focus back down to where I can be aware of any of the beings on the planet. And so we move down onto the planet and I become aware of myself as a mer being there and my family. And I'm, I'm moving down and we're moving down into the water and, um, and we start swimming in the water as a mer, uh, a mermaid. <laughs> and, and it was just, so cleansing and felt so um, and healing for me, for my heart, for my soul. After being on, on this dense reality in 3D, it was definitely an immense gift that he gave me to bring back with me. And so I met, I was reunited with my parents, with my parents there, with my family. I have children, I have a mate, and we communed in that space. And I do, I do not remember. What happened after that? I have not brought that memory back yet because I wanted to be there so badly. But I know that I came back to my body. I came back to my body. I was in the road. I jump up from my body and uh, run to the side of the road. And I don't know how long I was out. I couldn't have been too long because my friends were off the bus and they were uh, helping me, you know, trying to get me up. And I jump up. And I run to the side of the road. I was protected. My body was protected. I did go through a lot of rehabilitation. I did know mainly just muscle damage and nerve damage and uh, ligament damage, that type of thing. My hair fell out for a while. They joked with me that I had tire tracks across my head, which I did, but certain parts of my head and I had a lot of road rash, but nothing was broken or anything like that. And so I was protected and I, um, I do have to maintain my back um, and do, because uh, I did have back injury and a head injury for a while, but not a concussion. And so uh, afterwards, uh, what I've learned the most, and I started working with him with Jesus, with Yeshua, who I called Yeshua intensely afterwards. It took me a little while to remember my experiences, but I still, there's still more memory of it coming to me. Uh, what I've learned the most from him and what he taught me first was that God is love. We are God in, in expressing God that we are love. That is what we are. 
love. And we come here to express that and to remember that. And that's our main goal. (laughs) 